0: What's going on, guys? Before we get started on this episode of the podcast, make sure that you're following, you're subscribed, and give the show a rate. It really helps us reach a wide variety of people so we can make some awesome content for you. Also, make sure you go follow us on Instagram at innovators.anonymous. You can get all the updated news on the show and see what's going to be coming down the pipeline next. Have a good one and enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Innovators Anonymous. My name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your guide today. And this is definitely an exciting episode for me. A little bit of a reunion from another fellow Strathaven alumni. We're talking to uh, Johnny Delco, King of (laughs) Delco, whatever you want to call him, John Herrera, uh, who is a current basketball player, senior at Penn State University. Um, John... Thanks for joining, man. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I know, uh, I, know I reached out to you about uh, the job you were doing, just how I love listening to uh, Mr. Haney on here and a bunch of other dudes. Uh, I think you're having a great show, and I'm interested to see where it keeps going.
0: I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it's, been, it's been a great journey so far, and um,
1: I want to kind of get into, into
0: your thing. Uh, first, with the nickname, uh, I <laughs> I saw. I remember I've been going on the the Penn State basketball, um, Instagram, Twitter,
1: whatever it is,
0: and always Johnny Delco. Uh, tell us about the nickname, how, how you got that in the first place, man.
1: Yeah, so um, our marketing director, uh, one of the best dudes I've ever met, is from Darby, and his name is PJ Mullen, but... He is Delco to the heart, man. I'm talking everything with the, with the water, with the A.T. at Wawa every day. Um, Delco to the heart. And then during one of the intros for like the big screens that where we play, he was like, yo, do you want to say Delco instead of like Wallingford where I'm from? He's (laughs) like, do you want to say Delco? And I did it and I've been doing it for three years and now he just loves it because, um, Man, we have a huge like alumni base in Delco. There's so many people from there. Um, I just just from him putting that on Twitter, I've gotten a bunch of things. Oh, you're from Delco. <laughs> my boys from Delco. Everyone, everyone at Penn State's from Delco. So, man, it's, it's it's a lot of fun. But yeah, that's how I got the name. He uh, he he, he drinks Delco.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. funny because like it's whenever i hear somebody say they're from delco or you know you hear the delco accent it's like it's like somehow i feel like we're best friends already like if yeah. we're because <laughs> it's like oh no way it's like you'll it'll, you'll be in the weirdest places too you might be like on vacation somewhere mm-hmm. like down in florida and you'll hear somebody say oh yeah i'm from delco and you're like oh my god Like we're, <laughs> we gotta start talking like find yeah. out what, what high school you go to that's it's the funniest thing so when i saw it say uh the king of delco or johnny delco i was just just losing it man it's uh it was pretty funny um so love to love to know what what got you into basketball in the first place obviously you're playing at a very very high level um at Penn State um so what kind of got you into the sport to start with uh when you were younger
1: yeah growing up my mom and dad uh both played basketball in college so my dad was 6'9 my mom's about 6 foot and So right off the grip uh, I had a basketball in my hand and then as I kind of just went throughout the years I went to I wanted to play lacrosse uh, in middle school. Like I thought I wanted to play college lacrosse Um, and then in football, uh, Hollingsworth uh, got me into football junior year and I thought I wanted to play football and um, Basketball is just something that stuck with me uh, i 've always had fun with basketball, and I think that 's why i 'm still playing into this day. yeah it's uh it 's a
0: sport that I wish that I was better at because it 's so fun it 's so fun to play and like I talk trash like i'm yeah. I, I got Division one trash talking, but <laughs> then then I step on the court and they you know people stop guarding me but uh I mean when did you kind of start taking taking basketball more seriously because i know there's a i mean obviously you, you started with a a ball in your hand, you said. Mm-hmm. But when were you like, okay, this is this might be a little bit more than just a fun game to play with the friends in the driveway?
1: right well i want to say something that you said before is that you don't have to be good at basketball to play basketball and that's the best thing yeah. so if you want to go play, uh run track and field or do like your event you're gonna to have to be good at it to you know enjoy it or like i i couldn't jump over that i like, I know that personally <laughs> so but with basketball anyone can pick it up you can play defense hard and you could have fun uh you could rebound you can have fun with your friends on like the uh, court outside so that's why I love basketball and to go back to your question um, I would say my senior year is when it kind of took off for me Um, my freshman year I was uh, timid and like confidence has always been a thing with me so my freshman sophomore year I just struggled with confidence I was I was never like I was always the tallest kid but I was never uh, like you're what six eight
0: six nine now something like right that?
1: right now yeah I'm six nine um, freshman year I was like six foot uh, and then like six four six seven like stuff like that but yeah I mean I would say probably my senior year um, right after my season I played another round of AAU ball because I was still under seventeen and that's when I was like this is what I want to do I can see myself doing this for the next four years. Now what was the uh, recruiting process for you
0: um, when you were going growing up through high school. I I know that's something that some of our listeners might not know, but you were yeah, you, you were a multi sport athlete, especially senior year of high school. I think I remember there being you know con- not too sure which direction you wanted to go. What what was like that that process like through your the end of maybe your junior year and, and your high school mm-hmm. year of, of uh of high your senior year of high school.
1: Yeah, I one thing I have to do is give props to Mr. Clancy, um, Coach Clancy, because he got my name out faster than anything I've ever seen. Um, I played one year of college football. I had maybe three highlights, and uh, schools were connecting with me just because how, like, reputable uh, Coach Clancy was. And uh, you could tell that every coach trusted him. He had a relationship with a bunch of coaches, so uh, – I w- I was always getting drugged into his office, like meet uh coach of Westchester, meet the coach of Temple, um, so just that recruiting and that attention kind of sucked me into football because I wasn't being recruited. Uh, my junior year to, to any basketball schools or very limited basketball schools, so. My, by senior year, I was like, "Okay, football is gonna be gonna be the one. It's gonna be where I can uh go get continue my education," and then it just happened to turn out that right after my basketball season, uh, I started getting attention, and with the help of people, um, I ended up at Penn State. That that's something you
0: know the the recruiting process is. It's interesting because a lot of people, I guess, when you look at it through the when there's a, the big names like the Zions and the, the, you know, the well, not Jean Moran cause he, he was difficult, but like those, those five star recruits where it's like, you're just, you're just, uh, you see the, they're sitting in like a bath with the thousands of commitment papers with them. It's like, yeah. that's, people just think that that's what all, you know, all athletes go through and nah. it's, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's almost, it's, it's almost like a second class that you have to take cause you're, you're trying to find these schools or, It's because they don't always come to you. I mean, was it more stressful for you to go through that or uh, what, what were some things that you learned maybe during that, that senior year that you might've, you know, brought with you uh, nowadays?
1: For sure. If I was to have a conversation with myself, like six years ago, five years ago, it would be just to relax. Like, you know, everything's going to fall in place. Um, Something that I like to say a lot is that hard work creates luck. So like, you're going to end up getting that opportunity. You're going to get end up getting lucky because you're putting in all that work. So I just had to uh, – I wish I believed in that earlier and st- stop stressing out about it. Anyone that knew me during that, like, time knew how I was bugging. I was all over the place. But – and then man, things work out. And it's in life, too. Like, if you're being recruited for a job, you know, show up, work hard, and uh, the opportunity going to find you.
0: I really love that idea. Uh I haven't heard of heard that before, but I think that's super powerful of mm. hard work creates luck. Because if you put in the reps of whatever it is and you put yourself in that opportunity where you can succeed, um and where hey, something might fall into your lap, uh, you're you're given you're given that luck a better chance of happening. Uh mm. because it's like, hey, if you want that half-court shot, that's going to be a lucky shot to go in. Well, I mean, Steph Curry has a much better, you know, much better shot at that lucky shot going in than than I do. And so, you got to put in those reps because even when you, because when you're good, that that those lucky opportunities might happen a little more often. So, I mean, that's that's a a great idea and outlook on on those types of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Whenever. Uh... You give the game winning shot to someone, you want to give it to someone that works hard um, because that their confidence in themselves and that just it's a luck. It's something that it's like a gray area that no one really talks about, but it shows and everyone's in the game winning shot, you, you can see that gray area um, yeah. who puts in the work and who doesn't.
0: Like, I hate going to it because as a Philly fan, and I'm, I'm – sure, are you
1: are you Sixers fan no, as well? No, yeah. Kawhi. Yeah, I know yeah
0: you're already the bring. Kawhi shot. <laughs> that, that was so painful because that's that thing where hard work makes, you know, makes your own luck. Where that was a – the fact that he is one of the best basketball players in, in the league um, – especially like today and a few years ago where where he ranks you can debate that for for hours but he put in that hard work and that lucky shot with the six bounces went in where <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't happen if if you know somebody else might be shooting that but the fact that he ha- he was you know put in the hours in the gym is is the reason why he broke the hearts of Philly fans across the world <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was rough it wasn't uh, wasn't great
0: but what do you what do
1: you think great. about the Sixers new new move
0: yeah, uh, I like I like it. I think Doc Rivers is is a really good coach, and I think that he fits well with the the Philly mind, like the Philly grit mm-hmm. and and the this just the dedication to to hard work. Um, we actually, so I'm lucky enough where uh, I had a, like a Zoom call and he talked with our department. Um, like, and we answered questions, because uh, I work for a team, a company that both owns the Sixers and the Devils. Mm-hmm. And so we, we we just got to answer, ask some questions of them. And we were talking, you know, talking about like, what's your, you know, out, outlook on the season? It's like, hey, we're gonna, we got to get gritty and, and be able to, you know, put in that that hard work so we can be in the best position to, to win a championship. And I was like, I love that. Like, he, I think he's, <laughs> he's a, he's a good, he's a, a great man for the job. And the fact that, he got let go from a position where you know might not have been the best situation for him I think I think it should help us a lot but I mean what are your thoughts what do you think uh, of of the new pickup
1: yeah no I like it um I the whole NBA basketball scene is kind of like confusing to me like it's not how I imagined it growing up so like I still hold this thought that like players are loyal everyone loves rapping, like Philly Mm -hmm. like stuff like that so I mean that thought uh, still has to register with me, but no, I, l- I like the pickup. I th- I think uh, six years later. are are we still trusting the process or is the process? <laughs> here?
0: I mean, I I thought this year was gonna be was gonna be the year or last year especially I thought yeah, it was gonna be the year. year. Um, I've, I I think we have some really good pieces. It was tough seeing um Ben Simmons go down this year with injury, so. Hopefully he can come back healthy, um, better, stronger than ever. Uh, I think Matisse has an opportunity to be really good. He's great on defense. I think we need a little bit more from him on the offensive end. But we have – I think we have a good, good shot at it. The East is getting stronger every single day, it seems. So, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't see Miami being this good, I can tell you <laughs> that. <laughs> and so, it, I think we're, it's going to be competitive. But we have a shot. We might need to tinker with things, though, a little bit. Yeah, so we'll have to see. But um, to going back to you, like, what what was it like going from Haven to to Penn State? Because Strath Haven, small school, um, in comparison to to Penn State, mid mid sized like mid sized area like suburbs. Then you go up to pretty much a a, a city in Penn State there's big man on campus literally you might have been one of the tallest people on the campus (laughs) what's it like what's it like then being you know a freshman on that you know on the team where you know a lot of people you know see you play on the court uh each each day
1: yeah I was thrown into it and I I loved it right away um it was a lot of fun being a freshman man if I don't want to repeat freshman year. I'll never <laughs> say that, but that was so fun. Things were being thrown at you all the time. You were responding to them. Um, and it was your first year of freedom. So it it was a lot of fun having a new social life, having a new academic life, having a new uh, sports life. Um, to go with basketball, man, it was different. I was playing men. I was playing 24-year-olds, mm-hmm. 23-year-olds. Um, I wasn't playing Conestoga anymore, mm-hmm. put it that way. So that that was not uh, definitely something I had to adapt to. And that's something also when I go back to confidence, you know, uh, now it took me three years to be that 21-year-old. 20, I'm 21, but to be that senior. But when I was a freshman, my whole – my whole mindset, my whole confidence has has shifted because I was from Strathaven and thrown up right to Penn State. You know, that's a it's a whole mindset uh, change. But yeah, no, I loved I loved the school. Um, have you ever visited Penn State?
0: Yeah. So I mean, I was I never got to. So unfortunately, I never got to visit Penn State as like just a regular person going hanging out at the at the bars or whatever it is mm-hmm. but I have gotten to go for a couple track meets um, okay. yeah I went three times in high school for states and for a few few other meets and then we also went in college two or three times and so I've, I've been able to see the track complex indoor mm-hmm. facility which is insane uh the in the indoor facility one of my one of my favorite places to run uh, and so I've, I've been able to I walked around campus a little bit um, never been to a football game though I really want to go to one of those when we're able yeah. to like I mean what what's the vibe like yeah, at those things? nothing it looks like insane.
1: it yeah nothing like it I know people come to the school to go to football games which this year is a little a little different but I know people um and that's that's anywhere like people come to the school because it's a football school if that makes sense mm-hmm. so people love the part they love the social scene and then you also have the people that want to be the next bill gates here you know want to build um a rocket ship so i think that's what makes penn state a special place
0: yeah it it's so it's so cool because where wherever you go in the like in the country like if you if you just hear someone say we are you know you know what people yeah. are going to follow with next no it's matter like where Doka. you are yeah exactly it's such a <laughs> it it has such a wide variety of the people that you're going to see going there and and what people's goals are, or, you know, just the overall where it literally is a city. Like, I mean, my, my school, I mean, I think your football stadium might've been bigger than my, my, my college campus. Like (laughs) like it's like, it was my, it's tiny compared to that, but Uh. it's like, I mean, that that had to be – was it ever at all – or maybe probably not now because you've been there for a while, but ever at all, like, overwhelming? Like, were there just so much stuff that you can do? Or did you kind of, you know, get a, get a hold of that pretty quickly?
1: No, it could definitely be overwhelming. Um, to get into, like, my career at Penn State, I would say, like, I had to learn that – my habits were determining like my happiness, uh, if that makes sense to you. So yeah. what I was doing on a day-to-day basis was gonna determine how I felt as a person. And um, I could just say like, when it gets overwhelming, you could feel like uh, your habits are, are not lining up with who you wanna become. So like sophomore year, we had a, a real rough basketball season. And I know that it can weigh on you. I think you were telling one story where you were the captain and you had a bad meet, right? You didn't oh, yeah. uh, qualify. Conference
0: championships, no-heighted when I needed to win. It was exactly. really tough. So
1: <laughs> I felt like I was no-heighted hiding every day during practice. And it took me, uh, it was just one quote my coach gave me, but it said, the quality of your habits determine the quality of your of your life. And so that's when I took a notebook out and looked at what I was doing every day and playing Fortnite until 2am isn't going to make me a better basketball player, you know, Mm -hmm. um, going out, doing this, isn't going to make me, uh, not that it's bad. I'm not saying don't go out and have fun. Um, but there's a limit to it. You got to find, yeah, exactly. And it wasn't matching with who I wanted to become as a person, if that made sense, um, So, yeah, that's what I would say. It definitely gets overwhelming, and it takes a lot of self-reflection, a lot of discipline to achieve what you wanted to achieve while also being at this great, great university where you can have a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. that I, I think that's, you, you put it there perfectly where you have to kind of realize like, what are your goals and what do you want to achieve? And, and what are, like, what are some of the blueprints that other people have done to be able to get those? Like, yeah, if you want to be the, if you want to be a division one basketball player, um, when you're in high school and middle school or whatever, there's certain things that you have to do in order to get there. If you want to play professionally, or if you want to do something else, there's certain level of things that you have to do to get there. And those come with your habits and, and finding out, Hey, what am I willing to give up or what am I willing to alter and change so I can get that end goal that I'm really excited for. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you, if you're like in, in those, those, uh, those aspects, like, yeah, I have a notebook right, right over, right next to me, uh, a little, little bit far away, but where I write down everything that I'm doing right wrong and see if I'm matching the goals that I want to achieve in the future. So, yeah, those things are, are crucial uh, if you want to have growth as a, as a person, for sure.
1: I think the most powerful thing that not enough people do is self-reflection. I think that can really, really change who you, uh, change your path and trajectory in life.
0: Did you have ever in your life, whether it's uh, with basketball or, or something else, where you just kind of, not an epiphany, but maybe a, a moment that might have changed your outlook on something or just made you view the world in a different way? Did, was there any, yeah. ever anything to have that for you?
1: For sure. This is why I actually uh, started a podcast myself, which is a little different. Uh, we like to have fun. I do it with one of my teammates, but I, I was listening to this dude and he goes, his name's Ed Milet. Um, not the most popular podcast out there for sure, but he's a life coach to a bunch of people. Um, in LA or professional athletes. Um, and I was just listen to his podcast all the time. Something that he repeats is that life happens for you and not to you. So everything in your life is something that is happening for you that you could benefit in the future from rather than everything's to you it's it's a victim game and I, let me tell you I loved playing the victim game and I still catch myself here and there um, playing it but once I heard that I really tried using that self-reflection tool and being like what's happening here? am I being a victim or is this something that is really happening in my life and I'm gonna have to push through um, but yeah I would say that was like my epiphany moment how about you because I love I love when things click with people, and uh, since you asked that question, I feel like you might have one yourself so. yeah
0: um, so i have I have one that really so it, it happened to me the, the biggest change that i 've had, and I think I've, I might have spoken about it on the show before briefly, but um the biggest like life kind of changing like view altering happened to me when i was when I was really young when I was five years old my my cousin was was taken away from us. Um, he was a victim of a violent crime and that changed my life dramatically. Like it was like, I immediately like, don't want to say I became an adult, but it was like, okay, this life's real. (laughs) Like this, Mm -hmm. like, this is not just like, let's go hang out and, you know, shoot, shoot hoops and, you know, play video games and run around outside. Like and everyone and all your friends are going to be around forever and all your loved ones. Like, it was like when I was five, I believe, or six years old, it was like, no, this is like the person that you was your best friend is not here anymore. And so that changed my outlook pretty quickly. And I was, I, and so, um, yeah, when I had, when something like that happened, it was like, okay, like now, now I had something I was doing things for, like, I was always doing, you know, things for, you know, my, my cousin, I still wear this, necklace he got me this uh this little football uh when I was a when I was a kid wear it all the time and so it was like yeah that moment it was like okay this is real it's time to it's time to really get focused now because you you never know what's going to happen tomorrow so really make sure that you're taking this day and utilizing it because you don't know if it's your last day so got a little a little little heavy there but (laughs) that was the that was the big that moment yeah really was like okay, it's time to make sure you're not wasting your days and you're really utilizing and and making sure that you let your loved ones know you love them because you might not be able to.
1: For sure. Especially now, um, a call is worth a lot. I'll tell you that. Um, Just giving someone a random call, if you're thinking of them, make sure you actually do talk to them. Um, Simple, but very means a lot.
0: Yeah, because it's, it, it's easy to just let things fall to the wayside and not talk to people, especially now, like, where you're sitting in the, you might be sitting in your house or, or sitting in your dorm room and not doing much. Like, it's easy to just not call people or not talk to people. I mean, how has things changed for, for you, whether it's, like, as a basketball player or just as a, you know, how have things been going for you, you know, as a person since we, we've quarantined? has that I know that that was towards the end of the the basketball season when we started last time and now it's towards the beginning now. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, how has the the quarantine kind of just affected you a little bit like, you know, as a person?
1: Yeah. I, um, I would say I learned how valuable adaptability is. Um, I noticed that I was getting frustrated uh, with like the social circumstances and with things going on. And just like couldn't get in the gym, couldn't do what I was doing, um, couldn't do those habits that I've built over the years to mm. let me be the person or to make me the person I was becoming. And I'll just say, being adaptable, like that's I, it's important. You're gonna have to sh- like shape shift your life to really. Um, overcome those things obstacles are only always going to be thrown at you that's why you live life that's why Mm -hmm. i think so (laughs) you live life to keep breaking down walls there's going to be more walls in front of you and that's i think that's how you get a lot of meaning and to go off of that my second thing is i spent (laughs) four months with my mom and man that was very important to me (laughs) because being away uh three years at college i probably saw my mom like six weeks um -hmm. or I was home six weeks my mom comes up to all my games I'm very fortunate that Penn State is close to my house and that she has a ability to come up and visit but uh yeah four months with my mom was that was very special and I'll I'll probably say that until the day I die that those four months um how meaningful it was to me
0: yeah it's uh it's a similar thing with me. Like I, I get to usually because right now I'd have my own I had my own job like I was moved out and I was living up in the the greater New York area and I was I was living alone. And now with this, you know, with this quarantine, I'm, I'm able to, you know, come back down and, and see my family and hang out with my grandmother um, and spend time mm-hmm. with her who's now 90 91. Uh, so being able to have you know these precious moments uh is is great because we don't you don't get them uh you, 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 they're not you know they don't go on forever so it's you know i think taking the you know, taking that time and is 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 crucial and and can definitely We'll pay dividends and will be in a, a time that you know definitely won't forget uh, all the all the great and all the the terrible things that have happened during these this wild year of 2020 it's just been yeah. super crazy
1: yeah a lot of things have happened for people um mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time man it's it's rough when you hear the stories uh it, it has taken people's lives and that's not it's nothing yeah. to you know joke but it's a very sensitive time and just really want people to keep coming together i think that's the most important thing keep helping each other um, exactly people yeah. were put on this earth to help people if people didn't help people there would just be one person uh, on this earth just living their life but because there's how many of us in this world we're, we're all supposed to help each other exactly i look at it yeah um, I, what were you saying Oh, I was just going to say, so I have my own podcast, so I know what it's like to always ask people questions, right? So you're always being uh, the interviewer, but something that I wanted to ask you, and I think is like a killer killer interview question, you can take this, but if if you like the question, is I want you to name like one thing why you succeeded, and then on the flip side of that, I want you to name one thing that if you failed would have been the reason you failed? Ooh, that
0: is a great question. So one thing that aided in my success and then one thing that would aid in my failure. Exactly. Okay, awesome. So I would say one thing that aids in my success is definitely my support system. Uh, For my entire life, I've been blessed to have a fantastic group of support people in everything that I do. I've never had a bad individual supporting me. Uh, My parents are fantastic. They're the most supportive people in the entire world, will always be there and want to help me with anything, whether it's athletics, academics, my job, professionally, whatever it is, always been always been there. I've also been you know, blessed to have fantastic coaches. Uh, all of my coaches have been great, uh, and I would not ask to change any of them. Uh, They've been they've been fantastic, and and as well as teachers. Uh, I've had some of the some of the best teachers I think uh, in the world. I'll always say that. I, I think that they've, there's been great support system there, and and with that, you know, having all that support and being able to you know go on to the next level is is fantastic and so I would say that is definitely you know one thing that aids and would aid in my success uh, if I'm looking at something that would aid in my failure or that I would blame for for the reason that I failed I would say that it's um sometimes like I can get tunnel vision and and I see what's directly in front of me and that's really close up and so unless and I can, and so that sometimes means I, I don't see the greater picture, so I think that that can aid in that could aid in a big failure because it's like hey if you're, yeah, if I'm too busy you know working on this one thing that's you know right here right now that's today and now might not that might be good for you in the present, but may not lead to success in the future and might miss some opportunities. I know, I know that's happened to me in the past with, you know, with my job and like, I've been too busy looking at the here and now and not how it affects me down the line. So yeah, I'd say that's probably, you know, the biggest thing for, for failure, but dang, that's a good question. What about you? What mm-hmm. would you say is the biggest thing for success and, and failure?
1: Well, I was never asked this question. I'm oh um, <laughs> uh, well, Okay, so for success, I think it would just be, um, I'll say like my willing to grow, um, my willingness to grow. I think I'm always trying to find a thing that will make me uh, have more mental toughness. Um, I have to give give props to Hollingsworth for that because he was really one of the first people to uh, introduce me to that. Just like, man, life, <laughs> like, life aka his workouts are gonna be hard and there's gonna be there's gonna be those brick walls that you're gonna have to break through and every time you do that you're seeing something that's intangible happen in your brain you're making new uh new like connections that you can do this you can push through and um I think that just over the past couple years have has helped me succeed um and helped me become mentally tough and I know I still have a ways to go which is exciting uh, very exciting to me and something that I would say uh, would aid in my failure or not uh, let me achieve my goals is confidence uh, I mentioned it earlier but just confidence to me has always been a word that uh, people talk about whenever I'm having a conversation with one of my coaches or teachers or, it always goes back to confidence and i think confidence is earned by keeping commitments to yourself so if i say i'm gonna wake up at seven and i wake up at seven i have confidence and i can keep those promises to myself um and then there's another part of confidence that I'm, i'm working on currently but it's kind of just knowing that um knowing that you're the man without showing that you're the man, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, when you're on the basketball court, if you think that you're not going to make the shot or that this dude's better than you, you lost, you know? So um, just trying to have that mindset, have that confidence that you're here for a reason, you've put in the work, um, you've kept those promises to yourself now, show it on the court again i think it's a gray area because i can't put into words right now but it's um it's performance based confidence is how i would uh, say i'd i'd agree
0: with you 100 percent. like that's something that i struggled with a lot when i was an athlete and, and still to this day a little bit just like being being confident in the fact that hey i'm here in this moment because of everything that i've done in my history and I'm. I deserve to be in this moment, and I. I am good enough to be. To be here, like I'm really. I'm really confident in, on the small stage. Like in high school, I was the most confident person on the track at dual meets. Like our. Like our small meets against like Conestoga and Pen- right. Pencrest. I'm like, yeah, I'm the most confident man in the world at those because it's like, yeah, I know that I can perform well or, or whatever. But then once the stage got a little bigger and a little brighter. Oh, uh, that's when I started feeling my heart pound and I started mm-hmm. having those questions in my head. Like, do I even like, Oh, I'm going to mess up. Like, Oh, do I deserve to be here? So yeah, those that that's like the hardest thing to work on. Cause it's, it's so hard to train, train like your mind versus train your, um, you know, versus training your body, which is, mm-hmm. easy workout, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Is there anything that you have done to train your mind in particular, um, that yeah. like has helped you that you've seen benefits from?
0: Yeah, I'd say if you're, if you're looking to, to train your mind, the, the number one thing when it comes to confidence and, and really you know, m- improving that, uh, one, I, I, have this, I have the notebook that I mentioned and I, I write down pretty much all my thoughts and including what, what are things that I'm good at. And, and I want to make sure that I write those down because it's easy to forget those. Like when you're, when you're laying down in bed and you're thinking about your day, you think about all the bad things that happened to you. And you're like, dang, like I messed up this at practice. I, you know, I got a C on this test that I should have gotten an A for, or yada, 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 whatever it is. It's easy to think of those things. And so I try to bring up the, okay, what are things that I did well? And then you're like, oh, wow, there's actually a lot of things that I did well today or I did well this week. And so writing those down and recognizing that you're pretty good at some things has, has helped me in confidence. And, and also another, one other thing that I'd say is just like, confident like like trying to have like confident postures or whatever and just like standing tall and and being you know being accepting and and showing that like hey I uh you know I deserve to be here kind of just changing your body language I mean you've seen it with some Jimmy Butler who has like the most confidence in the world even though you know you might miss a shot it's like just having that is is something that I've seen has has been has been pretty pretty Mm -hmm. helpful
1: for me when you walk, what you're saying is like when you walk into a room, you can tell, you know, it's, it's that thing. And that's why I was trying to say that gray area where you can just tell who has it, who doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's the special, special people, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, talk, talking about confidence and, and, you know, the big stage, I love to, for, for a little bit, go back to your, what was it, the 2017 2018 season that you guys had with Penn state. I think that's what it was. Um, uh, you guys made pretty long trip into the, into the NITs kind of tell us about that, you know, that experience of eventually being NIT champions and, you know, what was that ride like with, with you and the team there?
1: Yeah. So when I first got there, um, I mentioned I was playing against 23 year olds, so there was four centers, like four or five men, and all of them were 23. Two of them were 23, and then the other one was 24. Mm -hmm. So I knew my role right away was to be the attitude guy, you know, to be the dude that does the right things when no one's watching, that, um, you know, lifts the team up, the high five guy, you know, who's going to give the most high fives during the game, who's going to cheer the loudest. so, I knew that was my role going into that season. And as the season progressed, um, I tried to always show up, tried to work hard, tried to do the extra things that um, no one else was doing. And that earned me one minute a game. And that earned me two minutes a game. And I dove on the floor and I got a rebound. You know, like stuff like that was like, I, man, I went crazy, put it that way. I got a <laughs> rebound in a game and I was like, it was. Something I still remember. I can remember the exact uh, rebound I'm talking about right now too. So it's crazy when you think about where you come from sometimes. But Mm -hmm. um, and then towards the end of the season, we were pretty good. We were um, we had like a above 500 record, and people were like, "This could be the NCAA tournament team." We had four pros on our team. um, Oh wow! Four people that are all gonna be in the NBA. Uh, maybe five we'll we'll see but it was a very talented group of individuals and our big man got hurt uh he broke he broke his kneecap some did something to his kneecap and um i'm sorry if you can hear that you're good you're good right. um and then i kind of just got thrown in um it was a it was a momentum thing. Uh, where I got the rebound and then maybe I scored like a basket the next minute game I played like six minutes and then just the timing and momentum he got hurt and then they threw me uh, in the starting lineup at Nebraska on the road and man, I was yeah, my heart was racing (laughs) Nebraska if you didn't know. uh, Their basketball stadium sells out every game. Their fans are insane there. And that's your first
0: starting game. (laughs) First starting
1: game, yeah. And man, I felt it. I, uh, I, I would say I folded. I didn't really mess up, but I did not produce anything uh, that game. And looking back on it, I'm glad. You know, I'm glad that I did that because it helped me grow. And as the NIT ran on I was getting like you know four points and four rebounds um coach had a lot of of faith in me um that's something I think uh people overlook as well is that uh you're a leader in a group and I don't know what the group is but I can I can tell by who you are that you have like influence over a certain group of individuals, whether it's your friend group or people you work with you know you have influence in that friend group and when they see you like put your all of your faith into them that is so like powerful if you know like when i saw my coach put all of his faith into me and say this is the dude we're going with um to start and stuff that raised my game uh it suffered right there so i have to be grateful for my coaching staff and my players my players did the same thing the, the people that are in the nba right now put their faith into me uh some dude from delco <laughs> but <laughs> um that was, it was powerful, and we ended up uh winning the n i t we were just on a run man we we had one game where we went thirty two to uh i think it was a twenty nine to oh run in the quarterfinal against mississippi state like every shot went in every uh we got all the stops like it was yeah, it was a special time, and that's why what we look you look to recreate during the season, having that momentum uh, having that team that everyone trusts each other. Um, I think the number one ingredient to a winning team, if you if you had to tell me why the Heat are winning right now, the Lakers are a different deal because they have a couple a couple good players on the team. <laughs> but one or two, maybe, I don't the, know. Yeah, <laughs> the Heat have so much fun with each other and they trust each other. Um, if you look at the behind the scenes of their head coach, where he's came from, Jimmy Butler, um, his relationship with a twenty-year-old kid from Wisconsin, like mm-hmm. that stuff matters so much uh, in the game of basketball. I think that's why they're at the place they are at right now.
0: Yeah, I think team chemistry is something you cannot downplay, and just having really good team chemistry it can propel your team to being in the NBA Finals. I mean, they they have a very talented team. Obviously, like they're they're doing very well you're in the nba finals but i think the fact that they mesh well together and they know their identity helps out so much i mean what what is uh for for you guys before the season started like when you guys are in camp in the summer before you guys are winning the nit like did you guys know or think it was going to be a special season or did things kind of start to pick up towards the end when you were like we have a chance to to be pretty great here
1: yeah, um, I would actually go back to our last season. Uh, that's kind of when we knew, like, this is the team that we're going to go far with. Um, we ranked number nine in the country, and we were, like, set to be, like, a fifth or sixth seed in the NCAA tournament before corona oh, hit. Yeah. But um, just – so this is why I say that life is all about the brick walls because – the year before that, we lost 10 games in a row in the Big Ten. That's not fun, you know. No. That's never fun. But who did we do that with? The same exact group that we just won 10 games in a row with last year. You know what I'm saying? So that group stuck together, and that's what you get. That's the product you get from going through those hard practices together, being in the locker room with the same 15 dudes after every loss, you know. Um people don't like it at the moment, but man, it's, it's important to life. It's important to uh, a growth mindset and just it's important to coming out better on the other side. That's a, that's a, that's great. That's great.
0: I mean, one thing I just thought of now, what would, looking back at your career so far um, whether it's college, high school, AU, whatever it is, what would you say are two games, one that, you played lights out you were great and you learned a lot from that you did well And what's maybe a game that you lost like maybe the team lost or you played really poorly that you also learned something from just maybe just two games that kind of stick Mm -hmm. out in your head on, on opposite ends of the spectrum there
1: yeah so the last basketball game i played actually was at northwestern and um I, I had like 14 and 14 that game, and everything just felt, um That C word that I brought up earlier, I just felt like I was, you know, had a bunch of confidence, and I could really play basketball. I was in, in my element. Um, there was luck. You know, the ball fell my way a couple of times, but I just felt like everything. You created your own luck, though. Exactly. With the hard work. Exactly. <laughs> I, ho- I hope you write that down in your... Uh, oh, it's in the- already in the notes. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, but I just everything was clicking. And then a game where I would say I hated watching the film, but I'm so happy it happened was on the road at Purdue our so- my sophomore year. Um, someone passed me the ball I I went like this I know it's a podcast but I whiffed at it um hit me like right in my chest didn't touch my hands at all um missed the layup uh didn't get the rebound I was supposed to I could name you 10 of those instances and we lost got killed uh Purdue's another crazy place to play um all the big ten basketball fans will know that, but like sixteen thousand people yelling at you. Um, they have a great fan base over there, but yeah, I would just say that um you know you know it's not a good game when you don't when you dread watching the film if that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. so I probably walked into that film room with my hood down, headphones on you know, just not not excited to do that but it's important. Again, I can't, can't stress that enough. What do, you, what do you think, like, after that track meet, you said, what was your next step? Because I think that's what matters. It's not a failure unless you do something about it, you yeah. know. Um, you can fail and then sit on your couch and then maybe, yeah, well, you didn't do anything. But if you fail, get back up, train the next day, um, exactly. you know, you can learn from it. So what did you do after those three missed jumps?
0: Yeah, so um, when I was, this was my junior year of college, I was
1: projected to, So I was
0: always like the underdog, I always like being the underdog because there's no pressure, and then the second there was, I was the favorite, that's when I get a lot of pressure, and so my junior year, first time, like really being the favorite in the conference, um, the guy that was really good graduated, it was just me. I, I'm like, okay, I have a chance to win this thing for a while. Like I hadn't really, I've never really won a huge meet, like up until that point. Like I'd never, I'd never done anything ginormous really. Uh, and so I go in, I know height, I'm, my nerves are racking. And I remember immediately the the immediate reaction that I had was anger, um, at myself and anger at everything else. Like I was, I was, I could blame Everything in the sun, I could blame the person that was like in class, not paying attention somehow, <laughs> like not even near the track. I'd be like, yeah, it's because, because it's your fault. I could blame right. anyone at that point. And so my immediate reaction was anger. And I, I was really just, I ran, I remember I took my shoes off, I left them at the track and I just walked around in the, in the grass, which was really wet because it rained and I was just walking around barefoot in the grass. And so I was immediately really upset and I didn't want to do anything. And so then to answer your question, I realize if I want to make sure this doesn't happen again or give myself the best chance to make sure I don't fail again, I have to put in the work and I have to support my teammates first and foremost that are right here. Cause the meet's not over. Like it was close. And luckily we actually ended up pulling out the win by a one point victory on the last event. But it's like, if I don't support our team, I, we may not win this thing. So a meet, I realized my new job is to support, Support our teammates, and then what I did to make sure I didn't fail again. So from my junior year, the day after that, I did, and until I graduated, I did this ten-minute ab circuit every single day, three sixty-five every day, uh, because I was like, I need to make sure my core is as strong as possible. I need to make sure my body's right. So I didn't. I I was in the gym every day for hours on end. I was the first person to the track. I was the last person to leave, and so it was like, let me make sure that I'm putting in the work so I can be the best, uh, I can be when it comes again. And so that's, that's something that it, had, I not lost in that fashion and had I came in third or, or second, maybe that I don't have that mindset, but having that failure was what triggered me to be like, I don't, I don't want to feel this again. So that was mm-hmm. a huge moment for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and you're, like in the moment, you're not happy that it happened, but now, looking back on it you can uh, you can appreciate it for what it was
0: yeah I, I mean everybody wants to win like everybody wants to have an average of triple double and uh win the n c a championship and be the you know be the m v p everyone wants that, but it's mm-hmm. like I, there's only one person that can have that story, and so there's there're going to be people that have the story of being failures, and it's like how do you react to that? that failure are you going to just like sit and sulk and like like you mentioned like just sit and sulk Or are you going to go into the film room look at it and be like okay i whiffed i messed up that's fine next day it's right. like that's what's important like uh like w- so what are what are some of those like traditions or just things that you do after a loss or after a bad practice or after a bad gain like what are some things that you're doing to improve uh you know so that you're you can get after it next time.
1: Yeah. So as I said before, um I was saying how like the quality of your habits determine the quality of your life and I really bought into that. So after every game, home game, win or lose, I go lift. Um I actually got that from James Harden and a bunch of other NBA guys, but they just uh kept their body in movement. Um I'm not Trying to bench like uh, 300 pounds, like it's not that type of lift, but it's just to kind of like engage your muscles and give them like a cool down that they deserve. Um, But more importantly, it's for your mental part. You know, you're in that weight room by yourself, and you're not, you know, you're reflecting. It's a lot of reflecting on the game, um, what you did good, what you did bad, and then you move on. Once I'm done that lift. I go out and see my mom and I can uh, be my best self for my mom you know my mom and my family doesn't deserve me to come out after win or loss like uh, only like focused on myself Does that make sense um, another thing on the road I'd I stretch so it's similar but there's no uh, there's no weight room I make sure I do that and Um, I would say another thing I do is, like, recovery, which is an ice tub. So after every practice, I try to uh, do, like, cold therapy, whether it's, like, ice. Um, And, yeah, it helps recover my knees and stuff, but it's also that mental thing that once I'm done this ice, I can move on. The practice is the practice. You know, the game was the game. Um, Move on, watch film on it, and get better. But yeah, I think that's another thing that I try to live live by, though, is that when you fail, because um, I used to do it myself, whatever I'm saying to you right now is just a projection of who who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like the things that have happened to me and the things that I'm trying to, I think that's what everyone does. Um, whatever you're, you're projecting out is what's happening to you at the moment or in the past, so I would say the the failure thing hit, hits with me hard that it's not a failure unless you get up and do something about it, you know? Um, but if you want to go home and be the victim, then you're not headed in the right direction.
0: Yeah. It's like, once you start taking extreme ownership of your life, and then mm-hmm. I'd be like, Hey, I could blame the refs for the bad call. I could blame, you know, the the other people, the crowd because of what I, I could blame anyone i could blame not my coach for not giving me enough minutes you could blame whatever you want but once you're like hey when i'm on the court or when i'm on the track the field like i messed up i didn't play to my my ability and it it has nothing to do with anyone else it's it's all me and then once you take accountability it's like mm-hmm. it's it's gonna suck but it'll feel good because it'll be like no now you know what you have to do and don't worry about what other people are doing worry about how okay. what you can control
1: that's huge I noticed you said extreme ownership. Did you, uh, have you heard of Jocka? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Love Jocka. That's where I got it from. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I I
1: read the, um, anyone listening, make sure you go listen to Jocka. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Great. The dude will, the dude's a killer.
0: Do you know David Goggins too?
1: Yeah. Yep. I read his book too. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: That book. Yeah. I, so I read his book, um, earlier during quarantine and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah it's you can't hurt me is that what it is yeah yeah you can't hurt me uh and so for those that don't know who he is he's a retired navy seal but to say that is the only thing he is is putting it extraordinarily lightly he like (laughs) runs 100 miles like every single day like Mm -hmm. he does whatever you do i remember my favorite story that he would say is what when he was going to be a marine not a marine in in the navy seals uh the guy was like you have to lose a hundred pounds in like 30 days or something uh, it was like three months something three like months about, three yeah. months yeah 30 days would actually be insane And so he lost <laughs> 100 pounds in like three months and uh, it was like just dedication to the craft so he's those people are animals when it comes to like take accountability of your life like you're the only one holding yourself back
1: Mm -hmm. yeah he he's definitely had influence on me for sure um the 40 percent rule i don't know if you remember that but all that stuff hits home for me when i'm uh whenever i want to quit or whenever i don't think it's worth it in the time you know Mm uh they they, he says they want you to do it (laughs) you know i love that he's like oh yeah you would do that because they want you to do that that's what Mm -hmm. they want you to do but what do you want to do exactly
0: Exactly. It's, it's easy to get into the, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. Cause everybody does it or, you know, yeah. Fall into that, that cyclical pattern. But it's like, once you take ownership of your life and start doing, you know, doing something that's, that's outside the ordinary you're you're, you're waking up at 4am to run five miles. Like I know they, they're, he's Jocko's posting every single morning about him waking up at 4am. I mean, you don't have to wake up exactly at 4am, but find what your 4am is like, maybe it's, making sure you're doing ice baths or it's uh, studying that extra hour for the test. It's find your 4am and do it because you're mm-hmm. going to feel so much better after doing that type of stuff.
1: So if, if you read that book, what other book would you recommend? Uh, me to read because I think yeah. reading, reading is power, like reading is knowledge. I think it's like an important stuff.
0: Yeah. Let me, let me pull it up right, um, right now. So I have the name of the book that I'm actually just about to start. And or I just did start, and uh, so I'm getting getting uh, getting on that. So, this was with confidence. Now, I'm fi- I, so I'll, I'll talk about the book that I'm I'm f- I finished just recently. Uh, it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Yeah, the I've,
1: pho- read, I've
0: read that okay. one. Too. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that book, if you have if you're dealing with confidence <laughs> issues, great way to build it up. Uh, so yeah. I've I'm finishing, I have like what one more chapter in on that. So if that's a great book to read, um, if you're ever having, you know, some issues of, of confidence, but those are the two that I've, I've had, I'm starting, you know, I'm, I'm starting the other ones, uh, a couple other ones like extreme out extreme ownership. I haven't actually read his book yet. I've, I'm, I've listened to his podcast talking about it a lot. So I'm yeah. going to read extreme ownership now, but, um, yeah, it, those those are some some crucial you know, some crucial stuff. That if you have any of those issues, I definitely tune in because it's it's really good stuff for sure.
1: And it it just helps you, you know. Even just it's, it's gonna make you better. Um, like reading for me wasn't something that I necessarily
0: I necessarily enjoy. I still right. do
1: exactly. <laughs> but when I'm when I know that I'm uh, I'm gaining something and. If I can look at the dude who wrote the book, if that makes sense, like if I can look at him and be like okay i i I trust him, I'm gonna listen to what he has to say. I like his story um makes it a lot easier to read
0: yeah, once you can put the face to the name and and you see his story and and what they've done to become the people that they are today, it's mm. gonna make you it's gonna you'll be like, okay, like this has been done this is this is something that I can do. Let me go ahead and do it." Um, yeah. so that's gonna be huge. But um you know, one thing I definitely want to touch on because you brought it up a little bit before is is your podcast. And so mm-hmm. um and that you you actually have experience in this uh this area too. And I think we have a fair, fairly similar um, you know, when we started it, I think you started it relatively at similar at a similar time. T- tell us a little bit about what your show is and, and what you guys are are doing over there.
1: Yeah, so um I actually used it as a way of just communicating uh with my teammates. It my one of my teammate, Marian Jones, uh, he's from Alabama, completely different from me. Um, you know, and that's I think what makes the podcast what it is, because we are two different voices, uh, talking and interviewing. But it's called the Midnight Domino Show on Apple and Spotify. And It's called that because that's his nickname um we don't like to take it too serious you know we like to have fun with it um it should be like inviting you know if we want to talk about the Sixers for an hour then we talk about the Sixers for an hour but Mm -hmm. if we want to talk about what we're talking what we've been talking about then that's what we'll talk about um yeah it was just a way for me to get closer to my teammates and then we expanded it and we started doing uh like, past players, and then we just did a football player. We did a girls' player. Um, But, man, it's just another way to connect with people. I think something that's so important is going back to I said, people help people. Like, I'm glad that we're doing this right now. I hope when I'm back in Delco and if you see me that you invite me to go get a beer with you. You You got to hang out sometime once it's opened up, man. That's what it's about. I think that's what life's about is people helping people, Um, you know, connection relationships I think I know I get it from my mom but I really do think that that's that's why we're on this earth you, you couldn't you, you put it right there I mean, there's not much for me to yeah, not
0: much for me to say there like th- those are those are crucial they're crucial moments it's like yeah, we're only we're only here for such a short period of time so you might as well help others it's mm-hmm. like it's it's time is so precious so I mean love that uh where where could somebody find your your show like uh yeah. oh, you said apple apple music like what what's kind of like what's your could you tell us about like your scheduling and because you said you had some football players like where but, yeah, when do you guys get yeah, and things like that
1: yeah so we our schedule has been bad um i listened to Ra, uh rock podcast with you uh, <laughs> oh, shout yeah. out geese and josh uh two of my friends These guys are hilarious hung out <laughs> with a bunch. Yeah. Uh, i love them and that's why podcasts are awesome too because the stories that they tell on theirs are absolutely hilarious (laughs) um but I heard them saying consistency is important in this uh like kind of sphere and Mm -hmm. we're just not consistent we uh we do this for fun and you know if you want to listen to it then I think you should listen to it but if you don't want to listen to it it's not going to hurt my feelings you know we're we're just doing it to Talk to each other when we're not on the basketball court. Um, we have fun with it, but yeah, uh, it's Instagram and Twitter. If you look up the Midnight Domino Show, and then the links to Apple Podcasts and Spotify are on there. Awesome! Like
0: now, what's the uh, what's the future for you, you guys holding with just um, just the next the next steps? Whether that's personally or, or with basketball, you know, we got some news on the season possibly getting started back up. Like, what what, what are the next few months uh, or, you know, and thereafter kind of look like for you?
1: Yeah. So the past month we've been lifting a bunch, trying to get in shape for the season. We've been going, like, a couple times a week with practice, short practices to teach new guys. Next week we start full practice. So this is where things really get kicked up. Um, A lot of competition, a lot of learning. Uh, minutes get earned minute gets lost like that kind of deal and then november 25th is when our season start we're gonna do like the orlando bubble so where the nba is bubbling up right oh, now that's we're cool. gonna, yeah we're gonna go down there for i think two weeks um play some good competition like florida i know we're playing florida we're playing um another oh, i can't name it. Not sure the team, but we're playing a good competition, and then I think a Big Ten. We're playing our normal season. Not sure where. Um, not sure how protocols are going to go, but it's very optimistic right now. Um, very optimistic outlook on it.
0: There we go. I mean, obviously, you guys had a great season last year. Really upsetting that you never got to play in the tournament. Um, you no. Know, uh, how are yeah? How is how's the team looking so far? Um, how did you get a lot of guys returning from last year is it is it a lot of new faces um you know what are, how, how are you feeling about going into this 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 season here
1: yeah so uh last year we we actually lost our leading scorer Lamar Stevens uh he's gonna be in the combine and I think the next upcoming weeks but uh he was our leader for the past like three years uh dude's a killer learned a lot from him um And we also lost uh, the other center with me, uh, Big Mike. Um, But this year, like, if I had to describe us and why we're going to win, and this is where confidence comes in uh, to play, is because we're just going to have a a lot of trust. We're going to have old dudes that know how to win and that want to win and that trust each other. I, I can trust, like eight dudes on the court right now, and I haven't been able to say that about my team uh, since I've been here. So I think that trust is going to hopefully end up winning a lot us a lot of games.
0: That's the key word. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a game. It's, it's a team game for a reason. You're passing the ball around to everybody on the court. You have to be able to trust that, hey, when I when I get the ball out of my hands and I pass it to <laughs> this guy – they're not gonna miss it and and flub it up. Like they're right. they're gonna they're gonna do their job. I mean, obviously the ball's not gonna go in the, the basket every single time, but you wanna no. have you need to have that trust. You need to have that trust. So it's gonna be an exciting uh year. I know I'm gonna be tuned in uh whenever you guys are on uh national TV. I think you guys play mainly on like the Big Ten network or something like that. Right. So yeah I wanna I'll make sure I'll be tuning in. Uh I'm looking forward to seeing how your games are going. Um what about like so uh, one thing I definitely wanted to ask, because I'm I'm curious of it too. Um, you know we're, we're running a little long here, but what's your like? What's a regular day, average day, looking like for you? Um, as a student athlete, let's say uh, just a a practice day versus a game day, like a home game day. What are what do those mm-hmm. kind of kind of look like for you?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'll just say my day today. Um, so I woke up today and I do like the whole intermittent fasting thing so i try to get uh best workout. 12. i do uh when i'm hungry if that <laughs> makes sense. you know i don't i don't put those hours just because my okay. lifting schedule is yeah. crazy yeah. like i have a lift tomorrow at 6 a.m so i'm trying to like be you know have nutrients for that lift instead of just like
0: gotcha uh, yeah
1: ruin it but yeah so i do that and then i go work out um shooting workout, so a lot of like free throws and then like jump hooks and all those all that good stuff. And then I'm in class, uh probably have like three hours of class today. Um and then it's just, you know, hanging out uh around the gym, uh once again building those relationships and then practice for an hour. Um hour and a half eat we eat as a team and then we I, we just got back from Walmart uh, got some pumpkins to carve but yeah I mean I, right now um, it's intense but we do those things to try to remember that we're you know we are still students at Penn State and you know it's it's all right to have fun and you know, laugh and do, you know what I'm saying? Do all that stuff that everyone else is doing. Um, And then on a game day, it depends when it is, but it's like kind of four hours before the game, we get to the gym, do a walkthrough. And then I'd have like an individual shooting slot um, where I go shoot for 30 minutes. And then we eat as a team, uh, do film as a team, and then try to go win as a team. Awesome. Uh, yeah what about you what about for track Um, yeah i'm sure it's uh, it's a lot more stretching because it has to do with your body a lot more like activation work and stuff like that
0: yeah so meet days are weird because for us so we don't we don't have a lot of home meets um because uh we just track and field you don't get very many home meets you might have Mm -hmm. one or two a year unless you're like a really big school like i'm sure penn state had a ton of home meets but so we had a lot of away uh, and so for an away meet, um, if it's like an overnight, like we're going to South Carolina or whatever. So we get there like a day or two beforehand. Um, you do like a, a, a walkthrough type stretch the day before the meet. So you do your warm up and sometimes I might do like some pole vault specific warm up. So just a few takeoffs, not jumping or anything, just getting the body loose, getting a feel for what the, the facility looks like and. Um, then go go back to the hotel or whatever, get dinner or something like that. And so then uh, the next day, uh, it depends on when the competition starts. Uh, so for us, the vaulting tech is usually in the morning. And so if a competition starts at 10 a.m., then that means the warm-ups start at 9 a.m. And that means you have to actually start warming up by 8.30 And then that means you have to be at the track at 8 a.m. And so then that means that you have to uh, wake up at like, so you have to wake up at six if you want to be able to compete at 10. So like, it's a really long, it's like a really long day. And so it's a lot of, yeah, a lot of stretching, a lot of making sure your legs are like firing up like cause the, the littlest thing you can tell is like, okay, my legs aren't firing. Like I'm fast, but I'm not, I'm at like 80%. I'm at hundred percent. So it's like really making sure that you're stretching. You're doing all of your warm ups like really to a T because if you don't do that, you're going to come up flat during the competition. So it's a lot of, a lot of, uh, yeah. Making sure you're prepped because you're only competing for in, in my event, it's a couple, you know, for an hour, but for most people, if you're doing a hundred, you're, you're chain you're competing for ten seconds, and so you have uh, to warm up for three hours for a race that might take you ten seconds. 10 seconds.
1: It's yeah, wild. <laughs> yeah, does that that's different.
0: Yeah, where it's different, yeah, because like you guys, you're you're competing for you know a couple hours or right. you're, or an hour, hour and a half. Whatever. I'm not I'm, my brain's a little fogged up with exactly how long <laughs> basketball games are, but like mm-hmm. yeah, you're competing for you know pretty long amount of time and you're you're getting in you're getting out and yeah with with certain people like you might compete for just 10 seconds and then you're done which is like so bizarre it's like you did all this just for a race that you want to be as short as possible it's it's so super strange it's funny it's a funny way to look at it (laughs) yeah wild stuff but um john this has been this has been awesome it's it's great reconnecting with you um super glad that you're doing well with your season looking forward to seeing how the team does with this upcoming year uh it should definitely be an exciting one um where where could people go yeah if they want to you learn more yeah learn more about you follow your story or, or or know your your podcast or anything like that
1: yeah um i actually don't have like a social media uh platform but um I'm you can DM the Midnight Domino show if you want to. Uh I'll see that. Um or if you know someone that knows me, just ask for my number. No I'll text you. Simple as that. Um, there you go. Yeah, but thank man, thanks for doing ha- having me on. Uh keep doing your thing. Keep creating this thing. It's been fun to watch. Uh I love listening to all the people you have on and the stories you have to tell. So just keep doing your thing, man. I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate it. Well, um, thank you, John.
0: And thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Innovators Anonymous. If you want to get more info on the show or hear more clips or see who's going to be coming on next, make sure that you follow us on Instagram at innovators.anonymous. Have a good one and peace.